0: is the most humble, I don't, I don't, I don't use this as an exaggeration. He really is, as far as I know, like the most humble man on the place, the face of the earth. He's the most humble man that I've ever interacted with. His name is Matt. And every time that you would chat with him, he's like six foot seven tall. And he just always has this goofy grin on his face And he literally would just come up to you and just ask you about how your day was. And he will respond with genuine, like his response will be with such genuineness. And it will just be like, oh, man, Vince, that is so cool. And you're sitting there like, that was like the smallest little detail about my life. But he just becomes so consumed with who you are and just takes genuine joy in who you are and what you've experienced in life. And he's just like completely, completely others focused. Barnabas wasn't seeking a name, but you just see that the posture of his living was just to be an encouragement to the others around him. And Ananias tries to muscle his way into a place of significance. He tries to establish a name for himself amongst the church. But here's the kingdom principle and it's found in philippians chapter 2. do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility regard others as better than yourselves let each of you look not only for your own interest but the interest of others let the same mind be of you that was in christ jesus and i've summarized it but what's what's highlighted there in the next few verses is jesus emptied himself and jesus humbled himself. And then you'll see that section wrap up by by saying this, therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. Do you want a name? I mean, Jesus told us if anyone seeks to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you must become the servant of all and i know for a lot of us right we're, we're in a space where it's just like man we, i'd love to see more growth i'd love to see more spiritual development i'd love to see a greater awareness of god's presence in my life i would i would just love to just 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 to see some upward movement in my relationship with jesus god is love and if you want to dive deeper into the character and nature of who god is then more often than not that is going to come through the posture of serving and loving others do you want to better know this god that is love man it comes through a posture that considers the needs and maybe even the preference of others above yourself That's how you get a name. That's how you get a name. That's how you get exalted in the kingdom of God. I'll fly through this next one. The other recognition here is that that they let Satan fill their hearts. You'll see Peter say this to Ananias. He says, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? This passage is a sobering reminder to the church that that there is a kingdom of darkness that's at play, but we we get to decide who we will allow to speak to our hearts, fill our hearts, and inspire our imaginations. That, that, That is a daily choice that we might be it might be a people that seek out the voice of God's spirit rather than to go along with the movement and current of the world around us and the one that rules over the kingdom of darkness Satan it is this reminder to the church that you you choose who will inspire your imagination I'll speak more to it um, at the close of the the, the sermon talking about emotionally healthy spirituality that'll start um, next week but I got to tell you that one of the most life-defining practices for me recently has been the daily office and it's something that we talk about in emotionally healthy spirituality and it's just finding these small little moments in your day five to ten minutes and to be still and learn to have an awareness for God's presence in your life. It's just the space where you stop and you say, God, I, I've been listening to all these other voices and moving amongst the current of my, my workplace or the world around me or whatever it may be, and I just want to find a little pocket of time where I learn to be attentive to your voice. And and I'll be real with you, the most of the People that I've interacted with that have gotten the most out of the emotionally healthy spirituality courses are those that picked up the practice of the daily office. Um, it it is, is really just this life-defining space. And there isn't something like special and dynamic where it's just like it is the, like this is the spiritual practice that you have to incorporate. And by doing this spiritual practice, you are now a good Christian. Like that's not, that's not the motivation, but it is this heart that says we just want to be a people that position and posture ourselves in a way where we might be able to hear the voice of Jesus in our lives. The next thing that I would point out is that this plan of theirs, of Ananias and Sapphira, took ongoing conversation with one another. Friends, be mindful of the culture and characteristics of your conversations with those that are closest to you in your life. Will you see what Peter says to Ananias? Ananias, Peter asked, how is it that you have contrived this deed in your hearts? And then Peter said to her, Sapphira, how is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to the test? What you find in these two little questions is that Peter is shining a light upon the conversations of a couple who just... It it probably wasn't just like this out of this blue moment where Ananias just came up to Sapphira and just like, hey, you know what I was thinking that we should just like totally have this plan where we just go deceive the church, lie to them, and then we'll just see how it plays out from there. Right? But it was probably this ongoing dialogue that was taking place between one another. This place in which when they were in conversation with each other, they, they begin to justify their actions. They began to make it sound like this was actually the, 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 the right thing to do as a couple. There was something about the way that they talked to one another that it provoked their hearts to do this deceptive act. And I think it really is this dire warning to us that we are a people that are mindful of the cultures that we're creating in our conversations. Our conversations with those that are closest to us are shaping us. They're having a shaping and formative place in our lives. And then just maybe even simple questions like this, like when I come home from work, is it just a a like throw up of complaints? Like, is the way that I chat with, with my friends, those that are so near and dear to, to my heart, the way that I talk with one of them or talk with them, is 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 it filled with gratitude? Is it filled with thanksgiving? Is it is it filled with complaints? Is it filled like what is it that that fills the culture of my conversations because it's there that, that plans and how we act get contrived. That, that's the space that becomes so formative in our lives. And the last thing that I want to take us to is, is these two things. One, God's patience, I believe, is, is absolutely highlighted in this passage and our call to humble and honest living God's patience this passage can scare us because God seems so harsh and so quick tempered but you realize that Luke makes sure to highlight that an opportunity is still given one commentator I came across noticed that that Sapphira had three hours to sit with her husband's decision That Ananias goes and talks to the apostles. He lays this at his feet. And so it's likely that in this moment, he's leaving the home, he's leaving uh, Sapphira, and he's heading out, and now she's in the home alone, sitting with the decision that they've come up with as a couple. And, And I don't know about you, but my interaction with the Holy Spirit has been one in which when I'm sitting in moments like that, he's not leaving me alone but he's likely prompting my heart. <laughs> Are you gonna go through with this? Is this, is this the decision that I'm making? Hey, you look at 1 Corinthians um, chapter 10, verse 13, and it even lets us know that, that there's no temptation that's overcome you that is not common or uncommon to man, but God is faithful in that he will, and when temptation arrives, he will give you a way out this three hours for for sapphira was this this holy moment this holy space in which god carved out and then she arrives in front of peter and then there's another opportunity given is this is this the price that you sold the property for And right there, in that moment, she has a choice. God is giving her opportunity to stop and to say, oh man, (laughs) no it's not. (laughs) That wasn't the price. And God is so patient and looking to give us opportunity to be humble and honest before him. And Peter, Peter lets Ananias know. Listen, it isn't. It isn't. The sin here isn't that you sold the property and gave a portion of it. Like the the, the, the evil at play here isn't that you you like. Let's say it was it was just nice round number, a thousand dollars, right? Like they sold it, it was a thousand dollars, and it's like Ananias, it isn't that you gave eight hundred dollars. Like it, it was yours was yours to do with whatever you wanted to do with it and, and listen the, the call upon us isn't to be superheroes it's 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 to be human size it's to be honest it's to be humble it isn't the, the god's not looking for you to have this like superhero feat of generosity so that you get brought up on stage and just be like, can you believe how much Ken and Judy gave away, right? Like that isn't that isn't the desire, that isn't the the, the ambition or the goal here. It isn't that, that you would just look over the course of your life and just be like, yes, like look how incredibly like generous I am and all the effort that I can bring to the Lord. Like what, what God's just looking for from you is this humble and honest heart like i would love it if the story played out in which ananias just came in front of the church and said i sold our property for a thousand dollars and honestly at this point in my life like i'm giving 700 and i'm I'm keeping 300 because I'm, i'm i don't know yet i'm still trying to figure this out and I see the way that the church is providing for one another. I see the way that generosity is causing this incredible movement amongst us. Like, I'm seeing that. And, and right now, like, guys, here's 700. He's not going to die because of that. But it was this, it was, what, what, what's really at play here is the problem is, is that they sought to deceive God. The hubris here is we're more cunning than God is. We know better than him. And what's the antidote of that kind of a heart? Humble, honest living. A heart that says, God, you know me better than I know myself. And I wanna be formed in your image and know your way of living because you are greater. You're greater. And so what I do is just humbly and honestly come before you and say, this is what I have. And it's not a lie. And, and, and however small I think the offering is, however embarrassed, of the offering. I, I might be of, of the offering I'm bringing before the Lord. I'm just going to be honest about it. This is, this is what I have. This is what I would love to keep for myself, and this is what I'd love to give to you, but honestly, I'm just going to be honest before you. This is where I'm at, Lord. I, kinda, I think about it this way in terms of my, my singing voice. I don't, I, don't, I don't have a great singing voice. But I always I, I tell people, you know what, God gave me the voice, he can have it back. <laughs> right? and, and, and for me, that's just the imagery of just saying like, God, this is what I have. And I'm not gonna pretend otherwise. This is what I have. And I just, I just wanna be honest before you. I wanna live in reality. And I don't wanna live with a mask on I don't want to live in a place of deception. I just want to be real before you. Dallas Willard said this way, and I know that as I say that, Jeremiah smirks because him and Danny have like this ongoing thing where they, I don't know what they do every time I mention Dallas Willard, but they take note of it that I mentioned him a whole bunch. He's worth listening to, by the way. The hidden dimension of each human life is not visible to others nor is it fully graspable even by ourselves we usually know very little about the things that move in our own soul the deepest level of our life or what is driving it our within is astonishingly complex and subtle even devious it takes on a life of its own only god knows our depths who we are and what we would do and our call to formation in life is to come before the Lord and say you know me better than I know myself search me O oh God test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any offensive way within me and lead me in the path of everlasting I'm not gonna go about this life from my own vantage point and understanding i need the power of your spirit to reveal to me what's going on in the depths of who i am and so i think two appropriate points of application for us one yes we have this emotionally healthy spirituality course that's got going on and i love the 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 vision behind this course is Pastor Pete Scazzaro from Queens, New York, has launched this years and years ago. It's that we learn to slow down and grow a deep relationship with Jesus. A, A space in our lives where we just learn to say, God, explore the depths of who I am because you know me better than I know myself. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. We start it next week on Sunday nights um we gather around tables together we'll go through this course and honestly like i said in the middle of the message um, really the growth and the formation happens as you put these things that we're going to be talking about into practice throughout your week so again we'd love for you to be a part of that you could just point your camera phone up on that qr code and it'll take you right to the form to sign up and the next application point for us is the lord's table It is a space for us to be reminded you can bring who you are all that you are before the lord and you will find his grace and mercy i i heard it said this way recently the blood of christ will forgive us of every sin but not one excuse Let me read that again the blood of christ will forgive us of every sin but not one excuse god deals and operates in reality and the invitation is always before us that we come before him with humble and honest hearts and you just say god you have all of me and i'm not going to hide from you i'm not going to hide from you And I believe that you love me, you delight in me, and what you long for me to do is to live in a place of humble honesty. Let me read to you what the Apostle Paul wrote about the Lord's table. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Church, the invitation this morning is, is yes, the 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 Lord's table is, is open for anyone that, will, that would like to partake. Um, but I would also encourage you that as you come that the posture of your heart would be to say god i i just want to be open to you i don't want to hide i don't want to run i don't want to try to deceive you you know me better than i know myself and i believe that at your table at your feet that there is constantly grace and forgiveness for me to receive there Um, a couple of of options here for you Um, we have um the the communion bread here that you dip in the juice um there's also some gluten-free um bread for those if for those that might be a need and then for those of you that would like um to, to grab the the individual communion elements to be able to, to partake um honestly we're still in this kind of weird kind of covid dynamic that we're living in and just like i feel a little more comfortable just kind of opening my own um little packet here that is absolutely available to you ken and judy um We'll also be coming forward to to serve. Jeremiah, you'll have the gluten-free option there. And then again, the individual um, servings there. You're welcome to come up as you would like. And then we'll conclude uh, with some prayer together.
1: Join us. Oh, to grace how great a
0: that I read on this passage that I didn't have space to put it in the sermon, but I guess I'm kind of wedging it in right now. Uh, I had already looked at my notes and printed it out and went, oh no, five pages. Like, I'm going to keep everyone here forever. But it's just this information that I, I just have to share with you. This commentator said, you know, the difference between the Aiken story and the story here with Ananias and Sapphira is that the church didn't lay a hand on Ananias and Sapphira. And and it was this reflection of how the cross and the resurrection changes everything. And it's not that God's character has changed, but we see this ongoing revelation of who God is. And so the, the church was not the one, were not the ones that took Ananias and Sapphira's life. And then they had this statement, because we are the people of the resurrection. I just thought was what a powerful statement. As the people of God, we are about life. We long to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so, I don't know, there's just this place of stepping back and saying, you know what, we'll trust for the Lord to handle that dynamic that's at play in the hearts of Ananias and Sapphira, but for us, like we're not going to be the ones to, to take their lives because we're the people of the resurrection. I, I don't know. It's just, I thought it was a really rad observation and I just wanted to come up and share with you. No other comment to it other than that. Uh, Church, before we go, two things. One, um, I know that are Uh, are a collection of people that would love to pray with you this morning. If you would like someone uh, to join you in prayer this morning, they will be here um, just right up against the stage. And they uh, won't keep you longer than you'd like to stay. But as we just especially just brought up just the heaviness of life, being honest and vulnerable before the Lord, um, then it just could be great to have some people that have been walking with Jesus for for a while to to pray with you, to be a, a source of encouragement to you and then the second is to to speak this blessing over you. Church, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Love you, church, And we see you downstairs in that Florida weather.